Hallelujah in your spirit this morning. Hallelujah. He has won the victory. Hallelujah. Death couldn't hold him down. 
Hallelujah, the grave couldn't keep him locked in. Hallelujah, he is the risen king. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah is the highest praise. And I don't know about you this morning, but I've come to give him the highest praise that is due his name. So wherever you are this morning, I know it's raining outside, but I dare you to lift up your voices and give him a hallelujah. I know it may be dark where you are, but I dare you to lift up your voice and give him a hallelujah. Because in and through the storm, he's still worthy to be praised. Through every raindrop, he's worthy to be praised. Through the dark gray clouds, God is worthy to be praised. Why? Because he is God above all gods, king above all kings, Lord of lords. He is good, he is great, and greatly to be praised. I wish you would give him a hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give him a hallelujah, y'all. Bless his name. Hallelujah. Oh, bless you, God. Bless you, God. You won the victory. Yeah. Yes. Jesus come into this house have your way oh God speak a word to our hearts this morning father we praise you for you're worthy to be praised we lift you high we give you all of the glory through everything we've been through this week you're still worthy everything we've experienced this year you're still worthy all of the hurt and all of the pain and all of the death God you're still worthy and we worship you, O oh Father. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Bless your name, O oh God. Have your way this morning. We need to hear a word from you, Father. We need encouragement. We need inspiration. We need instruction. We need your inspired word, O oh God, a rhema word, a fresh word from heaven itself to come down into our hearts, to rule and to reign and to walk with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. And for that, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Now, O oh God, we bless you in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Listen, while you're there, go ahead and share this service with your neighbors and your friends. Let's make sure that you are uh, being a good digital disciple this morning. It's never been easier to share your faith 
than it is right now. And I'm going to wait about 30 more seconds for you to push that share button. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to wait about 25 seconds. Push that share button. Share your faith. Share your witness with the world. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel Live and we are here worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we're inviting family, neighbors, friends, and even our enemies to come into this house and worship the Lord together. Push the share button now. Let's get those numbers up. It's time to worship the Lord. I don't know about you. I've been through some storms i've been through some rain even some sickness but i've come here to declare this morning i'm stronger now than i've ever been i'm stronger now than i've ever been come on let's worship him this morning
Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provide her supplies in the summer, and gather her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. A little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come to you like a prowler, and your needs like an armed man. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, here it is again. You allowed us to come out and assemble ourselves together one more time. Lord, it's not our goodness that we're here, but you woke up one morning, Lord, and called the roll and enabled us to go on just a little further. And we're here just to say thank you. For, Lord, we are weak, but thou art strong. Lord, you hold all powers in the heaven and earth in your hand. But we're calling on you this morning, Lord, because we have no one else to turn to. Lord, we're asking you to just come in and bow with us, Lord, please, sir, this morning. For, Lord, we know that you're a good God yes. and that you're too wise to make a mistake. My Lord. Asking you, Lord, just please come in and lend us your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, just for a little while. Yes, sir. For, Lord, we know that one touch from you and everything will be all right. Mm. Lord, we just ask a special blessing on the, everyone that's tuned in this morning, Lord. Yes. Lord, we just ask special prayers for the bereaved families, Lord. Lord, we pray for those who are sick, Lord, those who are in hospitals and nursing homes. Yes, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you just bless them, Lord. And, Lord, don't forget about our shepherd, Lord, the God-sent man who will bring us a word from on high this morning, Lord. Bless him and his family this morning, Lord. Thank you. Now, Lord, we ensure us the call and it's our answer. Mm. When we go in and to come out no more, Lord, meet us down by the river to cross us over, Lord. My God. To that side, Lord, where people love one another. Mm. Lord, this is our prayer, and we consider it already done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Come on, wherever you are, say amen. Amen. Listen, there, there's nobody here but the band and, and Brother Davis and technical crew. 
Uh, but I promise you, we're here and the spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. The spirit is in this house. And I pray that you've welcomed the spirit of God in your house, that you've made your house your sanctuary. If you haven't already, go ahead and invite the spirit of God, the presence of the Lord in your house right now. Let him have rule and reign in your situation, in your scenario, in your condition, wherever you are. Tell the Lord, Lord, you're welcome in this place. Amen. 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 God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's time that we give now and we worship God through our giving. There are any number of ways that we can give that you can give in this offering and tithe period. Certainly, you can text the number that's on your screen. You can give by way of the K Chapel app. As always, you can drop your gifts and your tithes off here at the office. Whatever you do and however you do it, we simply ask that you do two things. Give liberally and give cheerfully for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Amen. We ask that you give now and give as God has so prospered and so blessed you to give. And I know these are trying times. These are uh, strange times. Uh, things are going on that uh, sometimes cause us to worry and wonder. Uh, but the good news this morning is that we don't have to wonder. We don't have to be anxious for anything, for God cares for us. And I'm a living witness that we who are the saved of God are safe in the master's arms. Amen.
seems like we're still going through some things but we're safe mm. yes Lord and I'm glad he hides me in his secret pavilion we're safe in the master's arms listen we want to ask that you continue to keep in prayer those who are bereaved those who are dealing with the loss of loved ones those who are yet sick in the hospitals and recovering we thank God for the hand of healing, uh, his restorative power of goodness and grace. But we want to ask that you keep those uh, families uh, who experienced loss recently in your prayers, in particular the uh, Cheatham family. Uh, and they send a, a message uh, of thanks uh, to the church this morning, to Pastor Buckley, K Chapel Church family, all of its staff. Uh, truly grateful for all of the acts of kindness shown during the loss of our beloved. Uh, Brother Bruce Anthony Cheatham, Pastor Buckley, by the grace of God and your words of comfort uh, that you gave to us leaves our hearts with comfort to accept 
the will of our Lord. You brought back many memories of Bruce growing up in the church. To Reverend Wright, Stanley Wright, you did an outstanding job on Wednesday night along with Brother Ricky Thickpin and the men of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity. Reverend Shirley Harrington, we thank you for such beautiful prayer. Reverend Marvin Powell for the powerful scriptures and the music department. This comes from Mr. and Mrs. Walter Cheatham and family. Certainly keep them continued lifted up uh, in your prayers. And we also ask that you keep lifted up Brother Mario Bland. Understand Brother Bland uh, lost his grandmother, uh, Sister Annie M. Bland. Uh, those services viewing uh, of the body will be Wednesday, this Wednesday, July 14th. Uh, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the West Haven uh, Funeral Home on Robinson Road. And then the homegoing celebration uh, will be, let's see, I'm sorry, no, the homegoing, the hope, the home church viewing, I'm sorry, the home church viewing uh, is the Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Edwards, Mississippi. That is Thursday, July 15th from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then there is a graveside service graveside service which will be thursday uh at 11 a.m also in edwards at the green hill cemetery uh please lift up brother mario bland um, mario if some of you may not know mario is the son of Teresa bland green uh, so that family keep them in your prayers uh during their loss uh, of their loved one amen god bless you and god keep you as our prayer listen we want to remind you uh, that we're, we're, we're continuing. If, if you don't mind, uh, 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 camera, uh, if you can just pan real quickly the, the, the sanctuary and all of these beautiful green seats uh, and pews that are in here. Uh, it, it, it really is. It really is and continues to be. Uh, we're on that schedule of first and third Sundays uh, where we are uh, bringing people back into the sanctuary. We recall that on the first Sunday of July, uh, we increased our capacity uh, to 150. Uh, that will continue on the first, third uh, Sundays of each month uh, of, of July. And then in August, uh, we will increase that capacity to 225. Uh, we are continuing to make our way, hopefully, to what we believe will be uh, a full reintegration and regathering of the saints of God in in the sanctuary. Now, some of you may be wondering and asking, well, Reverend, how are you doing that? Uh, and are we doing that safely? And are we thinking through all the, the precautions and, and things, particularly uh, given uh, this week uh, the Mississippi Department of Health and its recommendation concerning uh, mass gatherings? Uh, as I told you, uh, we, we are not going into this blindly. Uh, we will uh, listen to and, and make sure that we are governing ourselves uh, by the best information that, that is available to us. I want you to know uh, that we have been doing that. We will continue to do that. And one of the ways that we do that is by monitoring and knowing uh, what our vaccination rate is in all services. So when people come and gather uh, on first and third Sundays now, we actually have a pretty good percentage uh, of individuals who have been vaccinated. We have been upwards of 90%. Uh, every time we gather here, we know that the vaccination rate of those who are gathered in the sanctuary is is north of 90 uh, percent. And one of the things that's going to help us to continue to gather safely, uh, knowing that that those who are here have been vaccinated is by you helping us uh, with information, with data collection at the conclusion of this service. Uh, there will be a text message sent out to you uh, that is a vaccination survey. 
Uh, we're sending this out because we want all of our members uh, to help us gather this data so that we will know what the vaccination rate is among our members. Uh, we know that Mississippi, uh, according to all of the reports, Mississippi is lagging behind uh, in its vaccination throughout the country. It ranks last. Uh, but within this population, this population that we call K-Chapel, we're trying to ascertain what our vaccination rate is among those who potentially will gather in this sanctuary. Uh, by doing that, it helps us to plan, it helps us to know going forward if in fact it is safe for us to do that, if in fact we can do that uh, with the, the uh, processes that we have in place. Uh, but we can't do that if you don't give us the data and give us the information. So please, at the conclusion of this service, a text message will go out. That text message will be a simple survey that allows you to input your name and tell us whether uh, you have been vaccinated or have not, if you plan to be, if you don't plan to be, that will help us as we go forward in our planning to make sure that as we gather, we do so as safely as we can. And if we need to change uh, our methods or change our plans, we can do that as well with the information that you give us. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. We're going to hear one more selection. Uh, amen. And we will hear the word of God. I believe, I believe, I surrender all uh, is our uh, song, song of preparation. Uh, Brother Carol McLaughlin, I surrender all.
this morning have you surrendered yourself have you laid yourself upon the altar of sacrifice I surrender surrender all we want to I received a text a moment ago uh, brother Henry Simmons had a bone marrow transplant on last week. We know how serious that can be. We pray that all is going well and we pray for recovery, health, and healing for Brother Simmons. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. There are these words Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. 
church having no guide, overseer, or ruler provided her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. I want to talk from the subject this morning, life lessons from the ant. Life lessons from the ant. Uh, words of our text this morning are written from the pen of King Solomon. You remember God, Brother Davis, asked Solomon one day, one night rather, it was a dream, asked him what did he want from God and Solomon asked not for riches or wealth but he asked for wisdom because he was going to be the ruler of Israel and as a young ruler Solomon understood that in his youthfulness he would need wisdom because Solomon asked for wisdom and not wealth because he asked for wisdom and not the demise of his enemies. Because he asked for wisdom and not honor or fame for himself, God said, I'm going to give you the wisdom, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to give you wisdom so much so that there will not be one who has ever lived as wise as you, but that's not all. He said, because I see your heart is right. Because I see not only what you asked for, but I see what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you some of that too. Say, so you didn't ask for riches and wealth, but I, I know you want some. So because you didn't ask for it, I'll give you that too. Aren't you glad that God doesn't stop at your prayers? God is gracious enough to give us not only what we need, but he'll give us some of what we want. Wish I had a witness in here. God gives to Solomon wisdom, and Solomon shares that wisdom with us through these Proverbs. Proverbs are a collection of writings that Solomon authors as a life map for his son as he considers life and all that life involves and includes and demands. Solomon puts pen to paper and offers a critique of life and how to manage it and navigate through it successfully. This is wisdom from God through the mind and the pen of Solomon. Solomon calls our attention to something unexpected to teach us a life lesson. I love the fact that God inspires Solomon to share wisdom for life through some small aspect of life. Something that everybody, no matter who you are, where you are, everybody can see it. Everybody has access to it. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have degrees. You, you, you can see an ant. 
Wish I had a witness in here. We, we are not required to enter into any multi-year programs of study. We are not asked to read great volumes from great writers. We are not pointed to the halls of the Ivy Leagues. We are not directed to the Greek philosophers or the ancient scribes. No, he points us to an ant. Not Aristotle. Not Plato, not Socrates, not Euripides, not Diogenes. None of these great philosophers has this life lesson. We don't have to travel to the great civilizations of Africa or ancient Greece for this wisdom. Neither the ancient pyramids of Egypt nor the Parthenon of Athens contain this wisdom. But God leads us past all of the celebrated and all of the anticipated spaces of wisdom and understanding and draws our attention to one of the smallest parts of creation itself and says to us this morning consider the ant and God gets ready to teach lessons scripture teaches us that he uses foolish things to confound the wise he takes small things to bring down the big, humble things to deflate the proud. So it should not take us by too big of a surprise that Holy Scripture dares to point us to and lift up the ant. Something we would look over because of its size and its seeming insignificance, but the word of God points us down and draws us down and makes us bend down and watch the activities and the behaviors of the ant. The ant. The ant. Our tendency is to look the big things, the proud and the powerful, the big and the beautiful, the mighty and the massive. But God says when it comes to learning about work ethic and diligence and commitment, don't, don't, look, don't look to the lion with its impressive mane and its ferocious might. Don't, don't look to the leopard with its swift speed and its camouflaging coat. Don't look to the eagle with its king vision and its expansive wings. Don't look to the bear or to the wolf. Don't look to the shark or the whale. Don't look to the cheetah, look past the tiger, look past the elk and the antelope. Don't look at the peacock with its glorious array of colors and patterns. Don't waste your time on any of those creatures that usually call our attention and garner our gaze, but look at the end. It's amazing, really. It's amazing, really. It's amazing, really, that even in the insect kingdom, God bypasses a whole lot of larger insects to get to the ant. He bypasses the beetle and the butterfly to get to the ant. He goes past the earthworm and the every once 17-year cicada to get to the ant. He moves past the praying mantis and the green grasshopper to get down, down, down to the end because I believe that God has a way of bringing us to the most unexpected places and people to learn something important about God and about life itself and that's why my brothers and sisters you can't be too caught up in who you think you are because God uses small things and small people and small places to do important work 
He used a young shepherd boy named David to become king of Israel. He used a little town of Nazareth to be the birthplace of his only begotten son. Why? Because God uses small things and elevates them for his purpose. And that's why you got to be careful about the assumptions that you make about people and places. You can't count people out because of their station or their location in life. There's a lesson you can learn from just about anybody if you aren't too big or too busy. There's a lesson you can learn if you are sensitive enough and sincere enough about being taught. There's a lesson you can learn if you don't mind listening to somebody that's under you. There's a lesson you can learn if you don't mind watching somebody who is less well known than you are. There's a lesson you can learn if you don't mind receiving from somebody who hasn't gotten as far down the road as you have gotten. There's a lesson you can learn if you're not too caught up in who you are that you can receive from somebody else. Before you, can before you confuse someone's significance with their size, go to the ant. Before you assume something's worth because of its weight, go to the ant. Before you conclude the value of a thing because of its volume, go to the ant. Before you confuse the might of something because of its mass, go to the ant. Everything that's important ain't big. Everything that has value isn't loud. Everything that has wisdom doesn't have a degree. Look at the ant. When you go to the ant, the ant will take you to school. Wisdom. Solomon shares with his son serves as a life lesson for everybody who will listen. And it starts by looking at the ant. And I know, I know, I know, I know you've got people that you're modeling yourself after, but look. To the end. I know there are people in your profession or line of work who are where you want to be, but look to the end. I know there are books written by experts that will help you get to where you're going, but along the way, stop long enough to take a look at the ant because the ant gives us wisdom that will help us in life. Solomon's writes in verse 6 Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Consider her ways and be wise. Something interesting I learned in researching for this sermon, most of the ants that we see are actually female. We see very few male ants. There's a reason for that. I won't get into all of it, but, but most of the ants that we see come from the queen ant who make worker ants who are themselves female ants. I'll get into that a little bit later. But go to the ant, he says, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Solomon says to his son, and apparently he sees a slothfulness in his son because he calls his son a sluggard. So to pull his son out of his slothful and lazy way, Solomon says to his son, consider the behavior of the ant. Look at the pattern of the ant. Study the actions and the behaviors and the activities of the ant. And when you do that, son, you will be wise. And if you do like the ant, he says, you'll be all right. If you take on the ways and the practices and the actions of the ant, you will do well in life. You may not have as many degrees as the next person, but if you do like the ant, 
you will make it in life. You may not have all the advantages of the next person, but if you look to the ant, you'll get what you want out of life. There may be all kinds of obstacles put in your way and problems put along your path, but if you handle those like the ant handles them, you'll come out of it okay. Go to, consider the ways, look at the ant. And here's what you'll find. Number one, you'll find three things. The first thing you'll find is the need to develop a strong personal work ethic. Develop a strong personal work ethic. It's in the text. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Solomon addresses head on. What he sees and knows can be a problem in life. When he uses this term sluggard, it means slothful and lazy. And Solomon says, listen, if you're going to make it in life, you can't be lazy. If you're going to do well in life, you cannot be slothful. If you're going to excel in your profession or your craft or your industry, you can't be afraid of or allergic to work. <laughs> Go to the ant. Why? Because when you see ants, they aren't sleeping. When you see ants, they aren't sunbathing. When you see ants, they aren't playing frisbee or sipping lemonade under an umbrella with shades and shorts on. They are working. And what Solomon has us to understand is that there is no substitute for work. You don't get what you want in or out of life if you aren't willing to put in the work. You got to work. Somebody ought to type work in the, in the field right now. Just type work wherever you are. Type work. You got to work at it. Work at your craft. Work at your job. Work in school. You've got to work. Work at what you don't understand. Work at what you're not good at. Work at getting better. You've got to work. Work when others are playing. Work when others are sleeping. Work when others are watching the time goes by. You've got to work. Work at what challenges you. Work at what stretches you. Work at what gives you a hard time. Work because you can't get better at what you're not willing to work at. You can't understand what you're not willing to study. You can't make progress in something you're not willing to work your way through. Simone Biles didn't get to be Simone Biles by wishing to be a gymnastic. She worked at it. Jordan Childs didn't get to be on the Olympics team by wishing herself there. She worked at it. Jay-Z didn't become Jay-Z just because he could rap. He worked at it. Oprah didn't wake up. Oprah, she worked at it. Tyler Perry didn't grow up rich. He worked at it. Zelia Avant-Garde didn't become the National Spelling Bee champion because she dreamed about it. She worked at it. And anything you want in life, you've got to be willing to work for it. Don't tell me your visions, your goals, and your dreams if you're too lazy to work for it. Go to the end. Solomon says the first thing you've got to address in your life is your work ethic. Do you love the bed too much? Do you love leisure too much? Do you enjoy relaxing too much? Have you looked too much online at Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and you're seeing people's vacations that they post on social media and you misunderstood that they got there because they were willing to work? People don't post when they're in the grind. People don't post when they're in the gym hours at a time or in the laboratory, in the studio hours at a time doing it over and over and over and over and over and over again. People just post the results. 
And we celebrate the results, but don't confuse the results for the work. People we celebrate are those who are not afraid to put in the work. And that's for just about everything in life. You got to work at it. What you want out of life is not going to just happen. You got to work at it. What you want in life is not just going to come knocking on your door. You got to work at it. Be like the ant and work. Second thing you got to be, the ant will teach you, is to be self-motivated. It's in the text. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Verse 7. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer. Here's something that Solomon says, consider about the ant. The ant works without an overseer. It works without a manager. It works without a taskmaster. It is self-motivated. Now, I know somebody's thinking because you've seen Ants, the Pixar Disney movie, and you're thinking, well, no, there's a queen ant. Yeah, there's a queen ant, but outside of the movie in real life, the queen ants don't rule, they reproduce. The queen ant is the queen ant, not because she rules, but because she lays eggs. Do I have a witness in here? The other ants work because they are worker ants. That's what they do. And a worker ant, watch this, doesn't need for somebody to wake it up. It gets up and goes to work because it's self-motivated. It does not need a manager, an overseer, or a taskmaster. Watch this, y'all. It doesn't wait to be told what to do. It's self-motivated. It doesn't need for somebody to look over its shoulder to make sure it's getting the work done on time and it's getting to work and punching in on time and it's completing its assignments and and not punching out before time. It's self-motivated. The ant works, watch this, without being made to. It works without being told It works without being forced to. It works without being coerced to. There's something on the inside of the ant that just drives it to do what is necessary, to do what is required, to do what's in the best interest of the colony. I'm going to get to that in a second. Go to the ant. If you're going to be successful in life, you cannot wait on being told what to do And what has to happen. You can't expect. To be. A boss one day. If you need a boss. To always tell you. What has to be done. I can't get no help right there. I'm going to say it again. You cannot expect to be a boss. If you need a boss. To tell you what you have to do and what you must get done. Go to the ant who does not need an overseer to get to work and to go to work and to get the work done. 
If somebody has to constantly check up behind you and make sure you're doing the job, then you have not developed a good work ethic yet. There has to be something inside of you that makes you not only want to do the job, but do the job well. <clears throat> something that doesn't come from a taskmaster, a manager, an overseer, but something that comes from an inward conviction, a vision, and self-motivation. And nobody can give you that. You have to develop that for yourself. You have to be able to look at your work and say, I could have done better than that. You have to be able to look at your work and say, I can do this better than I'm doing it now. You, you have to put certain demands on yourself. You've got to demand and expect and require better of yourself. And when you have it, that inward motivation and that self-expectation will kick in and compel you to do what you're doing without being made to do it. Listen to me, young professional. Listen to me, college student. If you're going to do great things in life, you cannot only do just what the boss said or what the supervisor told you or what the job description spells out. Look to the ant. Consider the ant and how it works without someone looking over its shoulder. I told you I was going to come back to that idea of working for the good of the colony. Rarely have you seen an ant by itself. I mean, when you do, keep looking long enough and eventually you're going to see another ant come around in that same vicinity. Because ants are social creatures. Ants do life together and usually when one is out scouting and looking for food others even though you may not see them others are nearby because if one finds a food source they come together and form a highway and you've seen it you've seen one lane going to the food and one lane coming from the food y'all have seen that haven't you one, one, uh, they form a whole line and you can watch the line and one, one after the other after the other going to the food and then a little bit further one after the other coming from the food going back to the colony coming and going because one of them found the food watch this and when one of them found the food watch this they told the others and they formed a highway an expressway of getting to the food and getting back to the colony. Why? Because they do life together. It's hard for us to do life together. It's hard for us to even get together. As people, we tend to pull away from one another. Especially when one of us finds a little bit of bread. Wish I had a witness in here. When one of us finds a little bit of bread, we usually don't broadcast it. We, we kind of keep that to ourselves and, and, and go on to our own little ant heel. But ants work together. They build together. They grow together. They come together to do what they figure they cannot do alone and by themselves. What could we really do if we started working together? What kind of communities could we build 
if we really pooled our resources together? What kind of schools could we have if we really started working together? What kind of access could we have for our young people and for our families? And what kind of impact could we make if we really started working together? Churches started working together. Institutions started working together. Agencies started working together. Not worried about who gets the credit, just working together. Not concerned about who gets the recognition, just working together. Not stuck on whose name is out front just working together for the good of the community thirdly and I'm through look to the end Solomon says everything you need you find it in the end third thing and I'm through you got to learn how to prepare for the next season of life prepare for the next season of life the work that the ant does in the summer is not for the summer. The work that the ant does in the summer is done for the winter. It instinctively knows winter is coming and we need food in storage in order to get through the winter. Here's the question. How are you preparing for your next season of life? I don't, I don't care what, what stage you're at right now. How are you preparing for your next season in life? The ant gathers food in the summer because the farmer harvests his crops there's grain left in the fields or wherever and the ant can get some of the grain because it's plenteous people are eating and picnicking outside the ant has access to food that is left behind but in the winter there is no harvest in the winter there are no picnics and so the ant does its work in the summer when the food supply is plenteous to prepare for the winter when the food supply is scarce. Here's what you need to understand. Here it is. Listen, here it is. You will not be in the season of life that you're in now forever. You will not be in the season of life that you're in right now forever. So how are you preparing for the next season? Professionally, financially, educationally, spiritually, ministerially, relationally. What are you putting away that you can live off of when the winter comes what are you banking on what are you storing up let me try to put it plain if you're a college student how are you preparing for the next season of life what connections are you making what opportunities are you taking advantage of what resources are you maximizing what contacts are you making or maintaining who are in the industry that you want to be in what financial habits are you establishing what saving mechanisms have you put into place? 
What life skills are you intentionally developing? How are you preparing for the next season? If you're a young professional, you're already out there. How are you preparing for the next season of life? What technical training are you completing? What certificates are you acquiring? What conferences are you attending? What continuing education are you pursuing? What professional contacts are you making? What mentoring relationships are you establishing? What personal timelines are you setting for certain things to be done in your life? How are you preparing for the next season of your life? If you're a middle-aged person, what is your exit strategy from work? How does your next chapter look? What does your retirement plan look like? How do you make up for time that you missed out in savings and retirement? What assets do you have? What debt can you cancel? How are you preparing for the next phase, stage, season of life? If you're already retired, how, are, how have you gotten your business in order? What are you leaving for the next generation? What are you leaving for them to get a head start in life? How are you positioning your assets so that the next generation can have a head start? And your children and grandchildren can be a little better off and a little further along than you were when you started. You cannot only consider the season you're in right now. You've got to think about the next season and prepare for it. I know somebody's saying right now, well, Reverend, didn't the Lord say take no thought about tomorrow? Yeah, Jesus said that. But what he was saying was don't be anxious and don't be worried about tomorrow. Don't create a kind of anxiety or worry about things that are outside of your control. Take no thought about tomorrow does not mean not to plan does not mean not to put in the time and and have goals and visions and dreams it means simply when you've done all you can do don't worry about it put it in the Lord's hands and as the Lord has taken care of the sparrow he will take care of you this lesson from the ant is about being prepared prepared Prepare. Prepare. That's what the ant does. He prepares. Everything else is sleep. And has already gotten up. Going on with this day. He prepared. I, I think it was an Aesop's fable, the, the ant and the grasshopper. Y'all remember that fable? It's where the the the, the, the ant is busy working and and the grasshopper is playing all summer long and he's got his fiddle and, and he's playing music and hopping and, and dancing all through the grass and the grasshopper is saying to the ant, why don't, you, why don't you play a little while? And the ant says, I'm busy. And soon winter comes and the grasshopper, because he's been playing all summer, he doesn't have any food stored up, he doesn't have anything to eat and, and he's cold and shivering outside and looking at the ant. got to prepare 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 for the next stage prepare for the next season prepare for the next level prepare for where you're going go ahead right now young person prepare your business plan 
Prepare your vision board. Prepare your environment for success. Prepare yourself and your mind for the upcoming semester. Prepare yourself for good success. Prepare your mind to be engaged. Prepare for what you want to be and where you want to be and what you want to be doing. Prepare now for how you want to be, how you want to serve. Prepare now for who you want to become. Prepare now for the job that you want to have. Prepare now for the person you want to marry. Prepare now for the family you want to raise. Prepare yourself for the house you want to live in. Why? Because nothing just happens. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared. People don't just call you to work for them and you haven't prepared and shown them that you can do what they need done. Colleges don't ask you to apply if you haven't shown them that you're prepared. Companies don't move you through the interview process if you can't demonstrate that you are prepared. You can't go buy a house if you haven't prepared or repaired your credit. You can't retire if you are not financially prepared. You got to be prepared. And here's the thing, I'm through. I want you to understand this. Solomon gives us all of these instructions about life and how to manage life and navigate life, navigate life and be successful by looking to the ant. There's something, something about the ant that he does not teach us. Does not teach us what Jesus teaches us. That you can store all you want and still lose your soul. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? And you do all of the preparation and you do all of the things that make you successful in life and, 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 and appear honorable and respectable in the eyes of men. But what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? You got to prepare for the fact that we won't be here always. Prepare for the fact that you are a soul that is a soul that is contained by and wrapped in human flesh and one day this flesh will die and what will be the condition of your soul you got to prepare that too prepare your soul to meet its maker prepare your soul to rejoin its creator prepare your soul and the way you do that is by making sure that you have not spent all of your life simply attaining riches and wealth but that you have built your hopes on things eternal that's why Jesus says store up for yourselves treasures in heaven that rust cannot destroy that moths cannot eat that, eat, that thieves cannot break in and steal in other words Surrender yourself. Give yourself to the Lord himself. If you're ready to do that, wherever you are, whoever you are, prepare yourself now. Go ahead and prepare yourself 
for what eventually will come for everyone. Time when we stand before the Lord to be judged. Prepare yourself by giving your heart, giving your life to Jesus Christ. Prepare yourself for the time will come when you will look at the Lord and see him face to face and you want your name written in the Lamb's book of life. You want him to look at you through the redeeming and atoning blood of his son. You want God to call you as his own because you have given yourself to Jesus. Prepare yourself. Give yourself away right now. Hallelujah. Prepare yourself. Give yourself. Give myself away. So you. So you. Can use me. Can use me. Give myself. I give myself away. My God. I give myself away. So you. So you. Can use me. Can use me. Here I am. Here I stand. Here I stand. Lord, my life. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I'm longing to see your desire. I give myself away. Give myself. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away.
do that this morning. It's real simple. All you have to do is say, Lord, I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Save my soul. Make me a new creature. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe you rose again from the dead. And right now, by faith, I accept you as King of kings and Lord of lords. Live in me, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, go ahead and call the number that's on your screen right now. Somebody's there waiting to speak with you, counsel with you, and talk with you in order to lead you into next steps that you might live out your new faith in Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome even to K Chapel. We're declaring and decreeing it now that new members are coming even now as you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And now may the grace of God the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Go in peace.